Welcome to the Fantasy Falcon Football Podcast. Oh yeah! Welcome back everybody to the Fantasy Falcon Football Podcast. I'm Kyle Faulkner. I'm here along with my co-host Jeff Faulkner. Jeff, how you doing? I'm pretty good, man. How you doing? It's shaking, buddy. Week six is in the books here. We got uh, matchups were had, matchups were won, matchups were lost, and uh, the league's taking shape here. Yeah, it's uh, there were definitely some surprises. Um, I'm in a slightly less of a good mood maybe than I was last week, but, uh, you know, that's all right. Um, we had uh, we had a pretty exciting night last night for football. We had another uh, Monday night doubleheader. Did you catch either of the games? I caught all of the games. I was uh, away for work in a hotel by myself, so I chilled and watched every second. Though I did doze off in uh, part of the third quarter of the Cowboys-Cardinals game because it was Dudsville. But, uh, yeah, it was a fun night for sure. Yeah, you didn't miss too much. Actually, both of the games, uh, you know, I was I was kind of hoping for a back-and-forth fantasy powerhouse game, but didn't really – didn't really turn out that way. You know, the Chiefs did work and uh, the Bills, I don't know, Josh Allen struggling a little bit here. Well, I mean, the weather was crappy, but he had all those guys, like the whole, you know, he had a full cast. And I don't know, it's tough to say. Maybe he can't play in prime time. Maybe it's the Chiefs are really good. They were playing angry as well, coming off a loss. Um, I mean, as, as far as that game, I, I was playing Marty this week and both of us had a ton of players in that game. So it kind of played out exactly as I wanted it to, uh, though Tyreek Hill didn't do much, but I, I mean, I got the W, but um, yeah, the bills are going to be interesting. I think they're going to come out angry and probably put up 75 points next week. Yeah, for sure. It was going to be, both of them were coming off a bad loss the week before. It was going to be interesting to see what happened. Um, but uh, the other game, you know, the red rocket making his first start for the Dallas Cowboys there, Andy Dalton. And uh Waiver wire darling went for triple digits, I believe. Sure did. And uh, yeah, so good for you, Marty. You paid what about fifteen dollars of fantasy points, something like that. Well, yeah, I mean that game was ugly quick, right? I mean Zeke fumbles twice, which never happens. It just it kind of feels like the Cowboys are cursed this year, which is fine by me. But yeah, it, it got ugly fast, and Dalton. I mean, I have Amari Cooper, and I'm watching the game, and I'm like, man, I hate rooting for Andy Dalton. It's not fun at all. <laughs> But, I mean, I ended up getting the garbage time touchdown, and Cooper saved his day and had a pretty good week. Um, but, yeah, the Cowboys, yuck. Yeah, and you know what? On the other side of the ball, the Cardinals are putting together a pretty pretty nice couple of wins this season. Um, Kyler didn't look great as a passer, let's say. What was he? Something He completed nine passes, I believe, out of 25. But uh, got it done when he needed to. Had a couple of real nice, couple of real nice big plays. Lots of big plays with his feet, threw a couple touchdowns, ran one in. Um, you know, he's he's a young quarterback and he's making some mistakes here and there, but on the whole he looks pretty calm and, and he's taking his team where they need to be. Well, yeah, I mean that division's crazy if you look at the overall standings the everybody else in that Seahawks, 49ers and the Cardinals are playing another mind. I mean, it's I, I can't wait to watch how these playoff races play out. But yeah, Kyler Murray I found out uh I mean, he missed some beep throws, too. Like you said, 9 for 24. I wasn't really blown away with his game. It was a blowout game, but he mm. didn't blow me away. And, and the Cowboys' defense is really bad. Yeah, I was expecting a lot more. I think uh, if you're the DeAndre Hopkins owner, you were expecting a lot more. He had a lot of targets. He had the one big reception, um, but uh, they just couldn't seem to make it happen, whereas you know every other team that's come up against the Cowboys, that's been the bread and butter. 
Um, but uh, we'll get to those players later on. We do have a little bit of news, some exciting, uh, some exciting developments in the NFL. Last week on the show, we were talking about the, the Le'Veon Bell release from the Jets and uh, a couple hypotheticals, and one of those was the Chiefs. And the next day, that's where he ended up going. So, uh, you know, Clyde Edwards-Alaire had a great game. But is this going to be a different situation going forward? It's I don't know. It's going to be crazy. I mean, uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire looked incredible uh, against the Bills. And, I, you know, the Bills are kind of known or expected to have this pretty stout defense. And he ran all over them. Like, every single play was chunk, chunk, chunk. So, I mean, Lev Bell's obviously a talent. The Jets were a hot mess, and he didn't really get a chance to show what he could do. And I don't know if he comes in just as like it's passing downs. It's got to be more than what LaShawn McCoy did last year because he's got more in the tank. But yeah, it's just the rich getting richer. There's so many weapons in KC now. It's how do you stop their offense? Yeah, Edwards Alaire, he kind of looked like a guy who uh, they brought Lev Bell into the facility and said, oh, you know, Clyde, meet Le'Veon. And all of a sudden he thought, holy crap, I better get myself moving here. Um, honestly, I, I it'll be interesting to see. I could. I could kind of picture a scenario where both of them are on the field quite a bit together, maybe put Lev out wide as a receiver. There's no Sammy Watkins and uh, you know, we're not exactly loving the young guys, what they're bringing to the table, but yeah, it's, it's going to be a real gamble, you know? Well, I can't um, wait to watch it with Andy Reid at the helm as well. Like he's, he knows what he's going to do in here. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, and you know, with all the, with all the nonsense and drama that might be associated with a player like that, there's no way they're bringing him in without an absolute plan of how they're going to use him and how they're going to get the most out of him. So yeah, it's going to be exciting. Could be another, uh, could be another trip to the Super Bowl in store for the chiefs here. Um, but, uh, speaking of changes, we've got a real interesting one that, uh, we just heard about down in Florida coming off another, another great performance. They've decided to go away from their winning quarterback, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Your time is up. After the bye week, it's two a time. Yeah, it's the inter- It's so interesting the timing because uh, like they're rallied around Fitzpatrick here, and he's putting up numbers. They're getting wins. Like I think they're second in the division right now. And I mean, I'm happy for Tua. And I hope he has a great career. And I, you know, I drafted him in our league fifth overall this year. And when Tim and I were talking, we we're like Tim wasn't sure is, is you know, is he going to play this year? What do you think? And I, I guesstimated, you know, he'd start after the bye, but that was based on, you know, Fitzpatrick just being old and not great. And he's played good enough to kind of keep the role. And it just, the timing is really, really weird to me. And, uh, you know, I own Fitzpatrick in our league and it's, I knew this was coming, so I'm not, whatever it's, it is what it is. I was kind of hoping he'd ride out until uh, Mahomes had his bye, but yeah, it's, the timing is really interesting, and I don't know if it's actually been confirmed. I read some reports where players are like, I didn't hear this. So oh. it, it could be one of those things where it's like not actually official yet, but uh, it got out there, and it's it's exciting. I mean, I, yeah, it's the, it's going to be interesting to see what happens, especially for all the other guys in town like Preston Williams and Devontae Parker and Miles Gaskin. How does the rookie quarterback affect them? Because it seemed like they were ha- they had roles. Yeah, well, unfortunately, uh, one Dolphin didn't have a role, but uh, I'll get to him later when you're talking about my matchup. Um, But yeah, like, you know, it's going to change the whole dynamic of that team, which is really surprising because like you say, they're they're rolling along. They're right up. The division's in reach. uh, And Fitzpatrick seems to be at the center of all that. So I don't know if they just thought, let's get out ahead while we're rolling. If they just thought, we don't care about this season, we're not, we're not really going to go for it. We're going to 
give him some playing time. But yeah, I'm excited anyways. Hopefully, you know, he's ready to go. A week ago they were saying he wasn't quite right and and now he's the man, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, we will. It was pretty neat to see that shot of him at uh, the 15-yard line calling his parents on FaceTime after the game. Like, you, you can't help but root for Tua and hope he does well. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, even Fitzpatrick on the sideline. Now, if this turns out to be true that he's taking over, I'm not sure that he knew that at the moment. But when they put him in, he might have been the most excited guy in the stadium. Uh, and from all accounts, he's been a real mentor to him. He's, you know, taught him the way of being a pro and uh, – and taught him the way of playing for like 15 different teams over your career. So, well, he probably loves it. Right? He probably doesn't <laughs> even care. Like, if anybody didn't care about losing their job, it'd be this guy. You know what? I graduated from Harvard. Everywhere <laughs> I go, I play and I have the most fun on the field. Like, all right, let's put two in and see what happens here. But yeah, uh, I can't wait to Anyways, find yeah. this isn't this isn't the fantasy Fitzpatrick podcast for heaven's sakes. This is the fantasy football podcast. So, uh, why don't we talk about some football players here? Let's do it. All right, well, we've got something a little new uh, real quick. The Fantasy Podium, the top three players uh, under our scoring system in each position. So we had some some big weeks at quarterback. Deshaun Watson getting it done. No Bill O'Brien means yes, Deshaun Watson. He had 38 points. Matt Ryan rose from the ashes like a flaming falcon he is and, and put up another big game. And Ryan Tannehill just getting stuff done all day Again. long. Again. Again. It's so good. At running back, uh, yeah, we'll go through the running backs. And we've got uh, Derrick Henry put up 39 of the most ridiculous points I've ever seen in my life. It, you can put 10 guys in front of this guy, and he's getting into the end zone if he wants to. Uh, Kenyon Drake sighting. Dude went off 28 points. And DeAndre Swift had his kind of breakout game after his bye week with 26 big points on, uh, on Grant's team. So running backs, uh, some new names at the top of that list. Yeah, that'll be an interesting one to watch there is Swift. Uh, wide receivers, Justin Jefferson, my goodness. Oh, good. Like, the, for all the hype, for all the rookie receivers, you never expect a guy to just keep doing it like this. 35 points. Julio, he did find the end zone. I thought he got lost on the first one, but then he did it again. And out of <laughs> nowhere in Arizona, Christian Kirk, a guy who, uh, you know, never really lived up to the expectations from a few years ago when he was drafted, but he had a rushing touchdown, he had a receiving touchdown, he had a big game. Big part of that win over the Cowboys. For sure he was. And it was finally, you know what I mean? If you're a Kirk owner, if invested in him in any leagues, you're happy to see it. Tight end position, we had some big games from guys you probably never even heard of. Anthony Ferkser. Who did I say? Ooh. Anthony Ferkser, 21 points. Uh, George Kittle, who's obviously who? probably my favorite player <laughs> in the league. Yeah, And then uh, Trey Burton comes back into a role in Indy and scores two touchdowns on Orthodox touchdowns as they were but he got 20 points fantasy wise and had a great day and we want to give a shout out to Gronkowski who found the end zone once again five catches 78 yards and pay dirt so welcome back to relevance Gronk yep good for him and I think they said it was the 91st time that uh, Brady and Gronk have connected for a touchdown that's, that's pretty special that's awesome and you know what? I wanna. I'm a former defensive player for a lot of my career, and I want to show some respect to those defensive studs who who swung the matchups. Calais Campbell on the Ravens, big 23 points. Buda Baker. I started him in two other leagues. He was all over oh, the field well done. last night. And uh, D lineman from Philly, Brandon Graham. He he was kind of the heart and soul of that uh, that run stop and the pass rush. So it was a big week for those guys. And if you had them. That was a nice little boost to your score. I like that. Uh, Fantasy Podium. Brought to you by people that make medals. 
<laughs> welders. <laughs> welders. <laughs> well, you know, I thought it was uh I thought it was a good idea to have some positivity because uh now it's time to get into a bit of negative negative stuff. Yeah. We, we did have some more injuries. It happens every single week and it had to happen in some key positions. Uh we had Joe Mixon go down early with a foot injury. <laughs> um Sounds like he might be all right. I'm not sure what's going on there. He scored a touchdown and saved his fantasy day, but uh, you never want to see your running back go out, especially when you just traded for like Philadelphia's Miles Sanders, uh, Booby Sanders. Mm. Oh man, <laughs> they're saying it's pretty minor. I like I was checking Twitter constantly because I've got him in all four of my leagues, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, and he was just my acquisition to replace Saquon Barkley. It looked ugly at the time, and the play just was a heartbreaker. But yeah, he's having MRI, saying maybe one to two weeks. Their buy is coming up in three weeks, so probably after that. Uh, Zach Ertz can use a rest. He hurt his ankle. He's got a high ankle sprain, so he's going to be up for a little while. Johnny Smith, he has an ankle injury as well. Um, it sounds like it's kind of minor, but uh, they got a big game against Pittsburgh this week, and they need all the help they can get against that defense. Mark Ingram left the game uh, with an in- ankle injury. Is it J.K. Dobbins time or Gus Edwards? Who knows there? Uh, Devontae Parker hurt his groin again. With the Dolphins are on their bye. Hopefully he can get back. And then uh, Raheem Mostert hurt his ankle. It sounds like he's going to spend some time on the IR. Yeah, that's a tough one. Just at the same time that you uh, acquired Sanders, I had just picked up Mostert, and he had a good good first week for me. And, uh, you know, didn't leave me with nothing this week, but it's going to hurt for sure uh, not having that depth. So hopefully he's he's a quick couple of weeks. I like the three-week IR this year. Um, it allows the NFL teams to make the moves they need to, and it gives, you know, us as fantasy managers – if they weren't going to be on a six-week IR before, they would just say, oh, maybe he's questionable, he's questionable, and you never knew what to do. So if he does end up going that way, at least you know I've got to fill that gap for a few weeks, and then hopefully he's good to go after that. Yeah. And uh, we did have an update to report. Uh, last week we had a, uh, a phone call into the show. Our friend Dougie, who, who was uh, telling us about his fantasy football addiction and the, the, the wreckage that it's caused in his personal life, and, uh, you know, we joked about it a little bit, Jeff, but we did feel a lot of concern for Dougie. And so uh, we ended up reversing the call and tracing him down in Florida. Um, and we reached out to our sponsors, uh, one of which are those people who make medals that you were talking about earlier. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, the, that proud longtime sponsor. And, uh, you know, since then, we've reached out to Dougie. And I want to let everybody know uh, he's safe. He's in recovery. He's been checked into a facility called the Orange Slice Center for Competition Addiction. Uh, it's a great place where everyone's a winner. And, um, you know, he did tell us a bit of a fib. He told us that he was clean. But when we when we got back the word that his uh, they looked on his accounts and he had been running uh, 17 fantasy football teams at the moment, that we so know of. All of the, that we know that of. we know of. Yeah, exactly. There's always back alley uh, dealings and stuff like that too. But uh, just on the main sites. But uh, I'm happy to let everyone know that each and every one of those teams have been adopted out under the uh, Teams for Tots program. Um, a nice program run right out here in Canada that uh, aims to give underprivileged youth an opportunity to play fantasy sports. So. Uh, we're thinking about you, Dougie, and uh, hopefully when you're feeling better, we can have you on again. Yeah, that'd be awesome to have him on again. Yeah, take care of yourself, buddy. <laughs> yeah, and uh, actually, speaking of callers, it's it's a nice little treat for us. We've got another caller this week, and uh, he's got a question. So what do you say we have a listen here? Let's do it. 
Hi, Faulkners. It's Matt calling from Oro Medante, long-time listener, first-time caller. I just had a question about my lineup for this week. Um, would you guys go with Tom Brady against Las Vegas or Cam Newton against San Francisco? I'll hang up and uh, listen to your response. Thanks. Okay, so Tom Brady or Cam Newton, the past of the New England Patriots or the future of the New England Patriots? What do you think? Well, first of all, I love that Whammer has both these guys on his team and he can follow that matchup so closely. It's kind of a fun little fake rivalry that's happening. But uh, for me, this is a no-brainer. I mean, Cam Newton has nobody to play with. And, uh, yeah, I'm picking Tom Brady all day. With with Julian Edelman looking his age, Nikhil Harry being – Maybe a, a massive bust. He just hasn't done it yet. And Bird, Darian, I can't remember his first name, but he's the other receiver there in New England. Like they're not, they don't have any weapons. The run game's not doing great. San Francisco seems to be finding a groove. They had to come a great game there against the Rams this week. I, I think it's a no-brainer to start Brady at versus Vegas instead of Cam. Yeah, I uh, I agree with you. I was actually back and forth on this a little bit, um, <clears throat> just looking at the matchups and. Uh, Thinking about Vegas, who you know has had a couple of big, couple of big games, couple of big wins, um, and I guess my main concern was what Tampa Bay just did to Green Bay in their game, just shut them down completely. Uh, Rogers ended up in negative fantasy point land, so a little bit of concern that if that game got out of hand early, that Brady wouldn't have to do too much. But uh, I'm with you. I think that I think that there's going to be a bigger score in the Vegas Tampa Bay game. I think that Vegas, with their with their young weapons and their running game, um, they have the ability to keep up, as it were, um, if if Tampa Bay gets going. So I'm with you. I'm Tom Brady, Tom Terrific, all the way. Yeah, I think it's a no-brainer, Whammer. Lock it in there. And uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for calling in, man. Keep those coming. Yeah, anytime. We'll let you know at the end, uh, everybody listening at home, how you can get a hold of us and ask your own questions or, uh, you know, just say something nice once in a while. Or even mean. I like it all. Uh, let's jump into our matchups <laughs> here, buddy. We had week six. We talked about it, and like, the league's starting to take some shape here. So uh, we're going to run through these matchups uh, from last week kind of quicker than normal, but let's uh, make sure we cover everything that happened. Uh, starting with uh, It Hurts Whence I Pee versus You Look Like A.J. Green. So Grant versus Whammer. Um Right before this matchup, Grant went into full rebuild mode, and he's made a bunch of massive trades, and we're going to talk about those in a little bit here. But uh, um, he did have some nice performances. Carson Wentz put up some big numbers, and DeAndre Swift coming off his bye week kind of looks like he's ready to take over that role in Detroit. Uh, He had some big explosive plays, and he got the same amount of carries as AP, so it could be a passing of the torch there. And Whammer's team, I think we mentioned it earlier, Deshaun Watson hates Bill O'Brien. And then once he got rid of him, he's just been lighting it up. And uh, I can't see it stopping for the rest of the year. Um, but he did have some duds. He started Cam over Brady, which is probably why he called in and asked us. And uh, that was a, the wrong decision this week by about seven points. But he had Mike Evans do nothing. Cooper Cup had a really bad game. And, um, yeah, Whammer's got some question marks. He made a trade right before the week, traded away Kenyon Drake. Because he felt like it was, you know, time to move on, and it couldn't have been at a worse time based on what happened or after he traded him. But he got a first round pick, and I think it's part of something bigger. But yeah, uh, Whammer ended up getting the win. He's now four and two. He got 170 points versus Grant's 160 points, moving Grant to two and four, and Grant's, uh, like I said, in full rebuild mode. 
Yeah, that's a big win for Whammer. Um, it could have been closer. I was kind of watching that matchup as the as the games went on, and good for Grant for being that close. I know uh, Whammer was probably biting his nails a little bit, hoping that he could get through it, but got the W, and, uh, you know, hopefully better days are ahead for a couple of his players. One thing real quick, there was a play in the Arizona-Dallas game. Grant had the linebacker who dropped an easy pick six. And that's, mm-hmm. that was the difference in the matchup. If he makes that catch and takes it to the house, then, then Whammer loses. That would have been crazy. But anyways, Whammer's born too. <laughs> All right. Our uh, our next matchup here, this was this was a tough one. I, w- I was keeping an eye. I was interested in both teams, especially in uh, Chiefs' kingdom there. Chad's had a rough go of things. Uh, I wanted to see some success for him. It was Chiefs' kingdom versus Mike's mustache. Chad versus Matt Henniger. Henniger with the high score on the week and the big win of the week. He took took down the game. Uh, Hey, you know what? We respect all teams on this. Keep your personal feelings to yourself. Speak to yourself. Go for it. (laughs) (laughs) No, Uh, no, but it was a big one. Uh, Tough one for Chad's team. He put up 179 points. And this is a week where, you know, my own team obviously included, but a lot of teams kind of had down weeks. And you would think normally 180 points, you're you're doing pretty good. But uh, no, Henniger put up 218. Chad would have beat 10 other teams this week. He is second in the league in overall points, and he falls to two and four. This oh, is man. almost unbelievable. But uh, you know what? That's the way the that's the way the cookie crumbles. He finally got the week that he was looking for. Uh, we've talked about it in the past. He has Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray. Between the two of them, they put up 60 points. But I would say probably the biggest problem he had was after those two guys, the next highest scorers he had were his kicker, who got 24, and uh, one of his IDPs, Calais Campbell, who we talked about on the fantasy podium. None of his, none of his uh, main skill players on his roster really did much of anything, and uh, that's going to kill you in the end. Um, you know, we talked about his quarterbacks got 60 points. Henniger's defensive players got 60 points. Gross. And then he got another 60 just from Derrick Henry and Christian Kirk. So uh, that's probably going to be a good recipe for success when six guys give you 120 points and it's not even, you know, the, it's not your quarterbacks, it's not your wide receivers, it's only one of your running backs, basically. Um, so I have a question for you. What's going to go on with Chad's team here? Do you think he? Do you think the the ship writes itself, or is this slowly becoming a lost season for for one of the powerhouses of the league? Well, here's what I'm thinking, man. I'm I'm currently sitting in first place, and Chad's team is too good to not make the playoffs. So he's going to be like one of these teams that is way better than it finishes in the standings. And I'm going to face him the first week of the playoffs, and it's going to be a super tight matchup. So I'm hoping he kind of goes on a run. And or he decides to go full tank mode and just you know trades away anything he can and, and rebuild because he's got a dangerous lineup when it's all together and uh, yeah I don't know next week he's got no Lamar so he's you know susceptible there and if he loses another one he goes to two and five it's the choice might not even be it might not be an option for him yeah at that point it's it's maybe time to start moving and shaking before the deadline hey it's gonna be fun to watch because like the the trades have been flying the last week and a half like it's we're only six weeks in and there's a lot of uncertainty with COVID in the season but the trades have been flying and I hope it continues right up until the, what, the third week in November yep let's jump into the next matchup yeah yeah so let's talk about your matchup and unfortunately you you talked about it last Ooh. week you put up 230 something points 
this week <laughs> dropped that by a full century, 130 points. Uh, you missed your, like you said, though, this week was bananas. It was kind of ugly all around and it was hard to predict, but it's even harder to believe that you lost when Aaron Rodgers, your opponent's quarterback, put up negative 0.2 points. Like, it's, yeah, it's, I mean, to be fair to your lineup, you had a lot of key players on bye weeks, Carson Jacobs, Tyler Lockett. Those are very important pieces, not to mention Bobby Wagner and Joey Bosa, who are key kings on, uh, mm-hmm. in the IDP department. But, uh, yeah, Kevin's team found another way to win, even though we both of you guys missed your projections by quite a bit. He had, uh, AJ Brown is a legitimate stud in this league and he's, t- you can't guard him one-on-one. He's, he's one of the best receivers in the league as far as I'm concerned. And he got consistent, like 10 to 13 points from guys like Terry McLaurin, Joe Mixon, Davis, Hayden Hurst, Debo Samuel looked great and Dave Montgomery. So he got just enough to get the win. And, uh, yeah, he's sitting at five and one now and you're currently at third three and three. And even though you had some nice games from Brandon cooks and Keelan Cole, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, I got a question for you. If you, you were going to shoot back and forth here, you were talking about Miami earlier and you, you mentioned the goose egg. What happened with the tight end there? What's going on? They put up, they're playing the jets. I know. And you know what? It was really disappointing. I was, I was kind of flipping over to that game every once in a while and, and the dolphins weren't having any trouble moving the ball and he was getting a few targets there. Mike Gusecki were talking about, He's only really had one huge, huge blow-up game. He's mostly been okay, but he's had a couple of, uh, you know, tank your lineup type of games. And I don't know how long I can keep rolling this experiment out there over and over again, unfortunately. Um, You know, and like you mentioned, going into this matchup, I wasn't expecting too, too much. Uh, Kevin actually fell far short of what he was projected for. And uh, late Sunday afternoon, the way that things were going, it actually was going back and forth every five minutes it switched. Uh, At one point, I was projected to win by 10, and then I was projected to lose by 10, and then it kind of came down to uh, the last couple of matchups. I needed, basically, I needed a big performance out of Raheem Mostert and a big performance out of John Brown. And, uh, you know, Mostert got off to just the start I needed, but that was all for him. He got hurt and left the game, came back, left the game. And I think I texted you on, uh, I think I texted you in the morning yesterday and said, all I need is the Bills to go off. I need 20 points from Smokey Brown. He was pretty close. He got, uh, what was it? Uh, oh, zero, yeah, yeah, zero, zero yeah. catches. Um, yeah, I saw today, uh, I saw today that, uh, they said afterwards he wasn't a hundred percent healthy. They just wanted to get him out there and maybe a bit more of a diversion, but, uh, you know what onwards and upwards, I've got a few, uh, motivating words for my team. If you don't mind, give me the floor for a few oh, more seconds. Away. All right. Me machine. I just want to say, uh, one thing you're losers. You suck. You're pathetic. You better never do that again, or I'm going to trade you all to Christian. <laughs> oh, wow. Christian. That's. I like it. All right. Can we get out? Can we move on, please? Yes. Can we stop talking about this? All right. Thanks. All right. Well, from that heartbreak, uh, we're going straight over to another one. Jones in for a title. He's got that itch, and he just can't seem to scratch it because uh, my dick, your butt kiss, Todd, he was coming off that big loss to my team last week, and he came roaring back just like Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. And he handed Craig another loss, 179 to 169. Uh, Craig needs to get some wins. This is, I'm not concerned, but if it happens one more time, I might be um, for his team. 
you know, he put in a lot of work accumulating picks and players. He came into the season, I think, with big expectations, and uh, he's just not getting it done all in all. Nick Foles is the man in Chicago. He's not great, but he's a heck of a lot better than Mitch Trubisky, so that's a double win for Todd because he's a Bears fan somehow. And, <laughs> uh, and uh, you know, he, he delivered when he needed him. Um, Jefferson's going off. We talked about him, number one wide receiver. Clyde Edwards-Alaire finally came through. And, uh, you know, a nice little surprise when your your kicker, Yanwe Koo, gets 20 points for you. That's a big one. Um, Craig finally got probably what he'd been envisioning all season, Matt Ryan and Julio Jones going off for 60 points. Will Fuller, I'll admit I have my doubts. I kind of thought he was a one-trick pony, and he's he's proving to be a consistent receiver when he's on the field. Um and Travis Kelsey is a stud, but uh, after those guys, there is nothing basically. You know, a whole bunch of duds. You can't you can't win a lot of games doing that. Even though he had 170 points, it was kind of ugly. And personally, the way the Falcons have been playing, I wouldn't expect that kind of production from Ryan every week. So uh, hopefully, better things are in store for Craig's team. Yeah, and to be fair to Craig, he's had some injuries. He's dealing with some guys on the IR and guys that are out. So he's playing, you know, he had to start freaking Jimmy Graham and Corridor L. Patterson this week with Dalton Schultz. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, he had a ton of draft picks and a ton of players after the draft, and he's made some moves, and some guys got hurt. Some moves haven't worked out. And like you, were, you said, though, he's got to start piling up some wins and to get to where he wants to go. And as far as Todd's team, it's a huge win for him. And now he's 4-2, and two and he's looking at buy mode instead of potentially looking at uh, maybe continuing his rebuild into next year. Yeah, well, and that's the thing, to be honest, at the at the start of the games on Sunday, the question that I had kind of penciled beside that matchup to ask you was if Todd had lost, is this the time where he kind of settles in on who his, his keepers are going to be and try to move the other guys? But he came through again, and, and you know, right now it's it's happening for him, minus last week, I guess. Well, and it was right so. before the game, I'm in a group chat with Craig, Whammer, Marty, and Todd, and he made a DK Metcalf available in that chat. He's like, hey, I'm fielding offers. And it kind of felt like he was trying to build a lineup specifically to win this week. Um, he didn't end up moving DK Metcalf, even though we all sent him offers, and he still got the W, so that's a pretty good spot to be in for sure. Yeah, for sure. Well, and uh, before we go on to the next one, I just want to let you know, Todd or anyone else, if you ever want to make a trade, give me a bingo. <laughs> Especially if DK Metcalf's involved, right? Like, <laughs> please. Ooh. <laughs> uh, we'll jump into the next matchup here. It was between Mapletron's Beast, Steve's team, and Stun Punts, which is Christian's team. Hey, I got uh, – I, we should get some sort of a noise or an alarm to make when Christian's team hits triple digits because he got 115 points this week. Um, two, both of his quarterbacks, Jimmy Garoppolo and Phil Rivers, they both had uh, 29 – oh, had – each had over 29 points. And uh, he did this without his Chargers being on the field. They were on a bye week, and he still got 115 points. It wasn't enough to come up with a win against Steve's team who went off. He's making moves, and he's making them at the right time. Steve is quickly becoming one of my favorite owners in this league. I'm not going to lie. So he came into the league through Craig, who he works with. And uh, Steve and I made an offseason trade where he traded for Big Ben, and he traded me a first-round pick. And he asked me for Roby Anderson to be included in the deal. And I honestly, at the time forgot Roby Anderson was even on my roster. And I'm like, who is this guy asking me for Roby Anderson? What's this all about? And <laughs> now all of a sudden Roby's going off every single week. And this guy keeps making trades. He trades for Kenyon Drake right before he goes off. 
He traded for Derek Carr from you when he got, what, 30 points last week when he needed it. He's got Ronald Jones yep. going crazy for him right now in that Tampa Bay offense. Gronk, who he picked up, scores a touchdown. Uh, this guy's putting up together – he's putting together pretty nice lineups. He put up 194 points and got a big win, and now he's 3-3 three and three and right in the playoff picture. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, I don't know him. I don't know him except uh, via text. We've been back and forth trying to work out a few trades already this season, and one of them uh... – one of them did happen, but uh, seems like a good guy. And, uh, you know, it's nice It's nice that he could just put his feet up and relax a little this week and not stress too much about whether he's going to get the W. But uh, um, I got to say, Christian, I'm proud of you. You're, you're doing better, just like we talked about last week. Um, I didn't see any real glaring holes in your lineup, so that's always a positive. So keep up the good work. Yeah, other than starting Mike Williams on a bye week, but we'll let that slide. And I will say well, he, re- he he did hear your advice, though, and he fixed and filled his IDPs. He took four new players. They all put up points. One of them broke my heart, and Devin Bush, because he tore his ACL, and that's a big, uh, huge loss for our Steelers. Um, and one more thing I want to mention is that in the matchup and the Steelers is uh, Steve's team, uh, his WR1 right now is Juju, which is not the case uh, stat-wise, but that was kind of the ideal coming into the year. And he put up mm. 1.6 points. He just Is it just a case where he hasn't been needed, or is he not that relevant anymore fantasy-wise? You know, it's so funny with him because he came in in his rookie year, was, you know, a great rookie, came in in his second season and was a star and has been treated as such since then, but hasn't produced as such since then. And last year, it was easy to make excuses. I drafted I drafted uh, Juju in three leagues last year, and it was easy to make excuses as to why it wasn't working, and there's no Big Ben and this and that. And uh, I think it's, it's almost time to say that the team is moving on. His contract's going to be coming up. The Steelers are as good as any team in the league at uh, finding finding talent in the draft and bringing up their receivers right. And you're seeing right now, you know, James Washington and uh, Devontae Johnson and and uh, Claypool, that might be the future of this team, and, and Juju may be the odd man out. I think he's going to have a couple big games, but it's kind of getting to a T.Y. Hilton situation where you just never know when that's going to be or if it's going to be at all. So, yeah, I don't know. It's it's risky rolling him out every week. You can say that. Oh, for sure. I mean, Claypool, every single week, he just he looks like he's better than everybody on the field. So, yeah, I don't know. It's going to be interesting watching Juju the rest of the year. I agree, though. There's going to be games where we're trailing and we need to put up yards and points, and Big Ben's just going to rely on him for two quarters, and he's going to put up some massive games. He's too good. Yeah, well, and eventually there's going to be a defensive shift. I think he still is getting the name value and the recognition that he sees the the kind of top coverage, and that really can stifle you. Um, that's something that he wasn't dealing with when he had his big seasons. Obviously, Antonio Brown was there um, taking that double coverage and taking the top corners. So maybe if that if that ends up shifting away from him, maybe all of a sudden you see a bit of a resurgence. But uh, I think it's I think it's uh, getting to the point where you can't rely on him to be like you said that number one guy that second round talent in most you know in a redraft league that uh, you were relying on. And it's almost a sin. One more thing, it's almost a sin to put up 195 points. No disrespect to Christian, but you know what I mean. You almost want to save those weeks for when you have an opponent who's going to have a solid week as well. But a win's a win is a win. Yeah, win's a win is a win, and that's that's got to feel good uh, seeing those numbers roll up. I would imagine I wouldn't know from this week, but um, anyways, moving on here, uh, you know, 
I'm going to look at your team, another another team like my own, who uh, you certainly know what it's like to be on top of the league scoring. You weren't quite there this week, but in the end, you came out with a comfortable win over Marty's team. Um, that was uh, kind of like you said, coming into coming into Monday, there was a lot of points to be still played. There was a lot of players still to go. And uh, to be honest, I was a little worried for you. How are you feeling going into Monday night? I wasn't comfortable until halftime of the Dallas game. I was still half expecting CD lamb to do something ridiculous. Um, but yeah, I mean, Marty has the entire bills offense and I thought they're going to put up a bigger fight than they did. Um, but yeah, I was, I was worried the whole game, even like the, the way the chiefs were running the ball. If, if the bills get, came back into that game, I, I don't know if, if it happened the wrong way, there was a couple plays where Josh Allen missed some wide open throws, one to digs, one to, to a uh, Singletary that, could have changed the whole matchup. You know what I mean? If it hits those and those are touchdowns, that's four more touchdowns from Marty's lineup. And we're talking about a loss for me. Yeah, no, that's the way, that's the way she goes, I guess. Right. But, uh, you came up with it. You had some, you had some, uh, good players on your team. Kittle, you know, we mentioned in the fantasy podium, did some work. Cooper doesn't really matter when you get those points. He got them. And, uh, Levante David, I wrote down that must be one of your defensive players. I didn't make a note. 16 but, and a half points. I'm he was all over the place. Attaboy. But uh, you had some real stinkeroonies oh, too. Yeah. Uh, Tyreek, it's going to happen once in a while, but but he basically did nothing for you, Allen Robinson. The one I want to ask you about, uh, and this is my quick question for you. I know we're in the middle of the matchup, but Antonio Gibson, because uh, – it was looking more and more like he was going to be getting work. And I really like this guy. I know you did a lot of, a lot of uh, fantasy minds around the, around the business are talking about this guy, but he just does not, he's going in the wrong direction. Yeah, he is. And it's, uh, it's JD McKissick, but that's part of the reason I still believe, you know what I mean? It's not like it's some young and up and comer. Like even it's the preseason. It was what Bryce love. They were talking about how he could be a three down right back and, uh, he could take over a role. So if it was something like somebody like him, I'd be worried. Uh, he is trending in the wrong direction. He's still a rookie and he's still learning and they're a bad team. And, you know, this is the second game with mm-hmm. Allen as a quarterback and I need him. So I'm just trying to send positive vibes out and say, you know what? He's going off this week. He's going to break a 60 yard touchdown. He's going to have another 30 yard touchdown reception. It's going to be amazing because I'm starting him, but for sure he's trending in the wrong direction. <laughs> Well, good for you for keeping the faith. And he is a guy who has the ability to break off those big runs. Um, the one thing with McKissick, I can tell you as a Carson owner, he used to be uh, a thorn in my side a lot of weeks getting all the targets. And uh, it's Kyle Allen coming in at uh, quarterback that has me even a little more concerned. Um, you know, we saw what he could do when he took Cam Newton's place last year for that whatever it was, five-game stretch or whatever in Carolina. And what he can do basically is try not to turn the ball over, make short, accurate passes, and dump it off to the running back. And this coaching staff brought in McKissick to do just that. And that's what he's been doing the last couple of weeks. Um, I am going to make a little side note here. I know we're, I know we're trying to move things along, but uh, Kyle Allen, we didn't really talk about too much. We were kind of focused on Andy Dalton last week on the waiver wire. And after the show, I was going in because it was the late waivers last week. And I was thinking about, well, how much am I going to bid on Dalton? And all of a sudden, I noticed Kyle Allen was still on the waiver wire. 
So, you know, I made my big bid for Dalton. Uh, that's a better offense, better team that you want to be a part of, hypothetically. Um, and then I made kind of a mid-range one for for Kyle Allen. And uh, your opponent here, Marty, he put a lot of money down to get Andy Dalton. And uh, after week one, I've got to say I'm a little bit happy that I've got Kyle Allen as my third quarterback and didn't spend every red penny that I had on Andy Dalton. Well, Kyle Allen's an interesting case because I had picked him up before last week and I dropped my kicker to do it and was trying to just trade Kyle Allen for anything. I was trying to get a seventh round pick, you know, an upgrade. I'll give a ninth for Kyle Allen for a seven or just a small trade to make a transaction and just get something for this guy. I got no takers and then sure enough, he gets hurt, but I dropped him before the week to pick up a kicker. And then uh, he Comes back in, he has a pretty solid game. He put up like 17 fantasy points this week, and he can use his legs a little bit. And and yeah, like you said, he was a lot cheaper than um, than the Red Rocket was, and uh, put up better numbers. So it'll be. I mean, the game strip's going to be there for Washington to be throwing all the time, right? So he should yeah. he should be putting up fantasy points. I think he's going to be usable, you know. And if I had played him over Cam or over uh, Teddy Bridgewater this past week. I would have had an even more heartbreaking loss because it would have only been by a few points. Yeah, and people would have been like, I didn't, I guess. does this guy have an almanac from the future? Why is he starting him over Teddy Bridgewater? <laughs> great, yeah. great sports almanac. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. but uh, yeah, Marty, you know, we talked about Ryan Tannehill. Um, that's a gem. He's got, uh, he's got one of the best quarterbacks in the league. I don't care if you believe me or not. He is, uh, at the end of this season, I think people are going to give him the respect that he finally deserves. Um, but, uh, Marty, you know, a lot of things could have gone better. Obviously the bills game could have gone better, but, uh, his IDP players got a total of three points. Yeah, it was amazing. He had, he had two of his studs, Chris Godwin and, uh, Devin Singletary put up a combined 12 points, but something that he's got to be not feeling too good about right before the, right before the week got started, he made a trade. Marty traded away a second round pick and Tyler Higby. And got Miko Hardman, I assume, thinking, okay, well, there's no Sammy Watkins, so this is going to be his time. He did nothing. No. He Marty might have just thrown away a second-round pick for absolutely nothing. And uh, if that's the case, that does not feel good. Well, I don't know, but I, I still like Hardman. I think he's a talent. He's got amazing wheels and that. I mean, the problem is, in KC, there's so many mouths to feed. And every, I mean, guys named Pringle and friggin' Thompson, and they're, everybody's catching balls, but I, I believe in Hardman still. I think there's still time for that trade to pay off for him. It's just going to be – he's a guy that's going to be hit or miss, right? He's going to put up 25 points one week, and then he's going to have three straight weeks where he doesn't hit up hit three points. But that's kind of the, the player yeah. you're playing with. But as far as Marty's IDP, him and I were joking after the, the matchup. It's almost impressive, like more impressive to find four starting <laughs> IDPs to put up a combined three points. Like it's just I got super fortunate there. If they put up you know 10 points each, our matchup is right – it's super tight and it comes right down to the, you know, the smallest of things. So uh, I got lucky for sure. And I'm happy to pull off the win. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess we uh, legally have to talk about this. Last <laughs> yeah. Time, we'll whip right? through it. Cause uh, Tim is in full rebuild mode, <laughs> even though now as of today, if, if this Tua news is true, he's got two exciting quarterbacks to start uh, with Tua and Russell Wilson in his lineup, but uh, he is still fully in rebuild mode. He put up 70 points this week. 
Uh, he actually had some empty spots in his lineup that I'm just noticing right now. We'll, we'll talk to him about that off air. And uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, but yeah, like I said, he's in full rebuild mode. He went for it all last year and uh, came up a little bit short. And now he's he's rebuilding it and trying not to give up too many pieces. He, I mean, he lost DMC at the start of the year, so it's going to put you in a hole right away when the best player on the planet is not playing for nine weeks. And uh, yeah, I mean, he's a smart guy. He's going to make some really good moves coming up here. It's going to be fun to watch what he does with his picks and players. And Bednar got a win there. He's got he's got some studs in Chase Claypool, man. I think Chase Claypool, or he's got a stud in Chase Claypool anyways. Like, like we were talking about earlier, he's just a mismatch no matter where you put him. Put up another 64, 16 points this week. He scored a rushing touchdown, tied a rookie record for most touchdowns scored in uh, a player's first five games. So uh, this is no joke anymore. He's not just a fad and some Canadian guy that's bigger than him. He's, he can run routes, he can catch the ball, and he's making plays everywhere, and he's super fun to watch as a Steelers fan. And uh, yeah, Bednar's sitting at two and four. He's got Kirk Cousins had a good fantasy day, but it was ugly. And I mean, mm. I don't know, man. That was that was a pretty disappointing day if you're a Vikings fan for sure. And uh, yeah, I don't know how long Kirk Cousins can keep throwing three picks a game and hold on to that starting job. Well, and the other part of that matchup, the Vikings matchup, uh, is actually a part of Tim's team. We talked about it last week, whether he should try to try to move Alexander Madison before this game, and hopefully someone would pay big, and he didn't end up doing it. And uh, I guess good for the rest of us that we didn't pay big for him because he just didn't look like he could do anything. All the hype coming in was that – you know, people were expecting a Mike Davis type to just come in and, and be a dominant running back. Um, but uh, the Dalvin Cook owners around the around the fantasy football world, I think, are just praying that their guy comes back healthy after the bye because if they tried to replace him with Madison, it did not go. No, well. I mean, you could be – it's a sigh of relief watching that game if you're a Cook owner. Like, you don't have to worry about Madison stealing this job. It's just like he didn't – he had the opportunity against what team that was struggling. And, I mean, sure, they brought in a new coach and they're probably – you know, fired up to prove all the doubters wrong and all that. But he had a key, a nice opportunity here to show the world that he's a running back that, could, you know, play in the league and he did not do it. So yeah, Dalvin Cook owners must be happy. Um, one thing I did want to mention this matchup real quick because we've changed the rule in our league this year with the, the bottom six teams. It's not just a draft lottery. Now, now we're doing a play down for that first overall pick. And I was talking to Bednar about some trades and he's, you know, it's a new consideration for the teams of the cellar dwellers, we'll call them. And, it's, I think it's going to be exciting because, you know, Bednar's trying to hold on to talent that in the other years he maybe would have traded away because he wants to get that first overall pick. So I, I'm, I'm excited to see how it plays out. I don't know. We haven't talked about it on the podcast much, but I'm excited to see how it plays out and keep, you know, the whole league engaged for the full 16 weeks. Yeah, I like it. I uh, Anything that you can do to keep everybody, um, you know, number one, keeping things competitive and not getting ridiculous and out of control with uh, with some of the trades. But number two, making it fun for everybody for the whole season. Even if you're even if you're out of the big dance, you've still got a reason to get up and set your lineup in the morning, right? So uh, no, I like it. That's good. That's good stuff. And hopefully, my team uh, <laughs> gets to going in the right direction. But if we don't. I think I got a pretty good chance at the number one pick. Oh, except I traded it away. So. Oh, you don't have your one. No, that's the thing, right? Some teams don't have their own first-round pick, so even if they get in the lottery, they have nothing to play for. So it's a whole bunch of new elements to the league that we're adding, and it's going to be fun to watch to see how it plays out. <clears throat> yeah, so for everybody listening out there, if I'm not going to make playoffs, it's going to be a fire sale because I don't Oh, care. there you go. Well, hit, hit me up. <laughs> uh, well, we've had some no. – you know, our show's kind of taken off here, man, and we've, we're, we're getting viewers from Singapore to the U.S. and all over Canada, and 
it's getting pretty exciting. And we were actually able to connect with kind of an OG in the fantasy community. And, um, well, we, 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 I talked to him earlier in the week and, uh, we were able to get an interview and we've recorded it. So if you guys want to just, uh, take a listen here, we got an interview with uh, John Jackson, the co-commissioner of the first ever fantasy football league. John. So how you doing, my friend? Hello, John, are you there? How you doing, my friend? Oh, hi. How are you there, Jacob? Was it? It's Jeff, but what you can call. I mean, talking to you is a real honor for me, so you can call me whatever you want. Yeah, I don't really care. So yeah, I there will. you go. Thanks I like. It. I appreciate me. the honesty, my friend. So, I mean, this is a, this is an honor for us to have you on the show. This is only our fifth episode, and we're talking to somebody who who created, you know, the, our, our passion and our addiction here. And I just wanted to you know, like, how did you and your friends come up with the idea for fantasy football? Well, as I recall, it was, it was back in 1961. And I remember because my brother, Ezekiel, he had just gotten out of prison for draft dodging. And, uh, you know, a bunch of us, we had to work all week, and Sunday was our day off. And uh, the only thing was the dog tracks and the horse tracks weren't open on Sundays. So we needed something to do to, to keep us away from our godforsaken families, you see. And uh, it was my friend Stinky who came up with the idea, hey, if we can't bet on animals, why don't we bet on people? <laughs> And naturally, being Sunday, we had the idea of gambling on football players. Now, I do want to say, we were the first. And then that no-good rat, Wink Winkenbach, took my idea and took it to the Oakland Raiders staff and then told some cockamamie story that he came up with it. But it was me. Well, I I believe you, John, and I don't want to get on your wrong side. I can tell already, and... uh... I want to thank you and your friends for coming up with this. And I believe that you are, I've done enough research to know that it was John Jackson and his buddies that came up with fantasy football for sure. But there's been a lot of changes over the years, right? I mean, it's, it's the, the sports different, but fantasy football is different now. Maybe you could talk to our, our listeners about some of the, the differences between back then and today. Well, you know, it was a simpler time for sure. We didn't uh, we didn't give points for fancy things like uh, yards and uh, interceptions because nobody really cared about the defense back then, and uh, we certainly didn't didn't do what you kids call PPR. Uh, God, I would never give a point to someone just for doing the literal job that's in their job title, receiver. But, uh, you know, there were a couple of other differences. We couldn't look up the scores and we couldn't watch most games. So uh, we could only really get the box scores from newspapers on Monday. So we wouldn't know who even won the matchups until midweek. It was kind of a fun waiting game. Oh, I remember, uh, you know, Ezekiel, he was too cheap to even get a paper subscription. And one year I played him in the semifinals and... He called me on Tuesday and asked, oh, how did my team do? And I said, oh, I'm sorry to tell you, you lost, even though he beat me. <laughs> Poor bugger. But, uh, you know, I, uh, I would have to walk down the street to our commissioner's house when I wanted to make a lineup change and tell him. And uh, the main thing, I guess, was there were no IR spots because uh, 
back then, if a player got injured, they just put him down like an old racehorse right there on the field. Pow, he was done for retirement. So, uh, yeah, it's, it was pretty pretty good. <laughs> Talk to me. Do you still play? Because it sounds like you're, you're pretty – you know your stuff. Do you still play fantasy football? Well, no. I, I follow uh, – what do you call them? Trends. But, uh, no, I quit one day. I was at home. Uh, my wife, Beatrice, was home and leaving me alone like I asked her to. And uh, it was 1988, as I recall, because I was wearing my yellow pants – and a young fellow named Icky Woods was on the TV and he scored and started doing some kind of shuffling dance. And I damn near vomited my Budweiser all over my dog Skip and uh, turned it off. And that was it. I could never enjoy it again. Well, John, I mean, we love having you on the show. And we, I, I mean, it's been an absolute honor for Kyle and I. And we wish we had more time with you. But uh, before we go, is there any advice you have for our listeners? Oh yeah, I've got I've got three tips for you at home, the big three. Number one, if a guy lets you down once, he's dead to you. Never go back. Number two, you should make best friends with all the worst players in your league so that they'll show you a favoritism when they're trading. You can get in their ear. And number what? No, oh, three. Number three. This is the most important one. When you go to your draft, bring with you two cases of beer and two bottles of cheap whiskey. The best hundred and fifty bucks you ever spent, because you'll be winning when you leave. Hey, that's great advice. I like it, even though uh, some of the guys in our league don't drink. But John Jackson, once again, it's been an absolute pleasure for for us to have you on the show. We'd love to have you back on and. Uh, you know, if we ever have an opening in our league, maybe we can convince you to come out of retirement and play one more time. Well, I don't know. Are the fellas still dancing when they score? Oh, they, no, there's no more dancing in football. You don't have to worry about that anymore, John. They, they only do it after scores oh, and sacks and broken up passes and forced fumbles and non-forced fumbles and when a whistle's blown, so... Good Lord, if I wanted to watch young men in tight pants dancing, I'd go to a Rolling Stones concert. (laughs) There you go, John Jackson. That was, I mean, talk about a real treat for our show. Fifth episode, and you're having one of the OGs, one of the creators, like he said. I mean, he, Wink, what's his name? Wink, Winklestein, I think he said it was, was kind of gets all the hype, but we know John Jackson in our hearts was. Him and his buddies were creators of, of one of our, our favorite thing in the world, our fantasy football. And, and here we are today. What an honor, man. What a, what a great chat. What a legend. I can't believe that we got him. I'm sorry that I uh, couldn't be with you on the phone. I was, as I mentioned earlier today, I was uh, teaching a bunch of dumb elementary school kids, so I couldn't join you. But, uh, you know, I did, in all honesty, I didn't tell him it was only our fifth episode. I actually told him that uh, the other host of our show was Stephen A. Smith, and he was going to be on first take. But, uh you know, I'm glad that we got him, and he seemed like a well, nice Well, that fella. is interesting, because he we kept him on the line afterwards, and he went on and on about how the beef he had with Stephen A. Smith and how he was kind of here to squash it today. So uh, that, that adds up. <laughs> well, I guess he'll have to wait for his chance. But, uh, you know, good good talking to you, John, and uh, and good job on the interview oh, there, Jeff. Yeah, I'm proud fun. of you. 
All right. Well, let's keep rolling along here. Uh, we are at everybody's favorite segment, the Rudy of the You're week. not big enough. You're One not fat. Days. I don't know what the quote is. We got to learn the quote <laughs> and have like a, a sound bite that comes in right there for our Rudy of the week because this is a thing now. Yeah, this is becoming a thing. Uh, real quick recap. Uh, last week was a better week. If you if you followed our advice last week, all around you had a pretty good pretty good time. My my recommendations were Irv Smith for the Vikings. He put up four catches for fifty five yards, no touchdowns, but he did have a two point conversion. He gave you ten and a half points. And uh, you know the bane of your existence, J D McKissick. He had eight rushes for forty one yards, six catches for forty three yards. And a nice 11 and a half fantasy. Yeah, points. my two guys who I pick. I mean, Preston Williams had an okay day. He saved it with a touchdown. He had two catches for 18 yards. Didn't have a ton of targets, but he put up 9.8 points. And Travis Fulgham seems like he's the real deal and seems like he's the top dog in that Philly receiving room. Even when they, you know, the old vets come back, he had six catches for 75 yards, another score, and 16 and a half points. And uh, yeah, pretty happy with that. And if, if you're a Fulgham owner, you got to be jacked. Oh yeah, for sure. He, uh, if you took the gamble and thought, okay, this isn't a flash in the pan and picked him up. Good for you. Uh, it'll be interesting to see. Cause like you say, Deshaun Jackson coming back, Alshon Jeffrey coming back. Um, but no Miles Sanders for the yeah. near future. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see what's happening, but, uh, we've each got one new Rudy player of the week this week. Uh, my player, I'm hoping I'm not a week late. I almost made him my Rudy last week and went with Irv Smith instead. But it's another tight end. It's Darren Fells for the Houston Texans. Two weeks ago, he put up, uh, he only had two catches, but he put up 57 yards and a touchdown. Uh, this past week, though, he had six catches, 85 yards, and a touchdown. And the Texans are going to be playing against Green Bay. Green Bay, uh, their defense struggled this past week. They're going to be mad. Aaron Rodgers is going to be trying his best to throw for six touchdowns to shut everybody up. And Houston's going to be trying their best to keep up with them. And uh, I think it's going to be a big day all around. I think it's going to be a big day for David Johnson, big day for my boy Brandon Cooks, big day for Wolf Fuller, and I'm predicting big day for Darren I Fowles. like it. You, you stamping that? Rudy Stamp of the it. Week. Uh, my Rudy of the Week is a guy that I also I almost picked last week. He's a big receiver who's kind of taken over a role due to injury. He's uh, put up back-to-back 100-yard games and had 15 targets over the last two weeks. It's uh, Denver Broncos receiver Tim Patrick. He's uh, also on the trade block in our league, so available to any of the listeners out there. Um, but he's playing Kansas City this week. I think it's going to be more of a shooter than we saw last week against Buffalo. I think the weather will be a little bit better, and, and Drew Locke will be better than we saw this past week, you know, a second game back. So, uh, yeah, Tim Patrick's a guy I like. He's getting targets. He's a big body, and he's making the plays when they need him. So you're Rudy of the Week? I like uh, it. So we got a new segment here, too. I'm just going to go through this really quick. It's called What the Falk is Happening? We are six weeks into this league and uh, this season, and I've got some questions. There's guys that are in, currently ranked at certain spots, and I want to know from you, buddy, is this the real deal? Is this what we can expect moving forward, or is this like a flash in the pan kind of thing? So I got one from each position for okay. the first one, and maybe we'll, uh, we'll limit it moving forward here. But uh, what the fuck is happening? We got Roby Anderson is the WR11. Well, you know what? I, uh, I thought he always had talents, and he was being held back when he was with the Jets. I'm impressed with the way that Carolina's pulled themselves together. I'm impressed with Teddy Bridgewater putting the ball down the field. And uh, Anderson seems to be kind of just, just the right type of receiver for Teddy. 
I, I'm going to – I don't know if he's number 11, but I'm going to call him a top 15 for the rest of the year. I think he's I like it. Deal. Me too, I believe. he's uh, That offense is slinging it. Uh, RB14 on the year currently is Mr. Ronald Jones. That one I'm not quite as confident in. I I tried hard in a couple of leagues to get Ronald Jones at the start of the season. I had faith. And then they brought in Leonard Fournette. And uh, we saw very quickly in week two, as I recall, against my own team, uh, what can happen when you bring in a guy who was the number nine rusher last year. He... Jones has the talent. He makes a lot of bonehead mistakes. When he's not making bonehead mistakes, he's putting up 100-yard games. But uh, Fournette's going to be coming back from his ankle injury one of these days. And uh, if I was the owner, I'd be worried that that's going to fall apart. So uh, I, I agree. Don't I'd be that. trying to trade him immediately if I were the owner of him. Uh, Robert Tanyan, currently the tight end five. Are you just going through all the guys? Kinda, I want, I'm just trying to poke you. Yeah. Yeah. Mir- I want you. We have to mention Fournette at least once. Yeah, Yeah. Robert Tanyan, no way. Devontae Adams is back. I don't believe it. Aaron Jones is going to do work. Devontae Adams is going to do work. He's going to have the odd game where he gets a touchdown, but he's no better than any other touchdown. Tight end's been a hot mess this year. It's it's he had one massive game, so that's why he's where he is. Uh, And the last one, Lamar Jackson, currently the QB nine. That's not where he was drafted. He threw for 186 yards last week. What are we doing here, QB nine? His passing is a real concern. They've got to figure something out. They've got the bye this week. I hope that they, uh, I hope that they utilize it. Um, his rushing is as good as ever when they cut him loose, and I think we're going to see a lot more of that coming up uh, in the down the stretch here. But uh, I'm gonna, I would say, confidently call him a top six quarterback at the end of the year. I, I believe he's going to get it together in some some semblance, but uh, no, I I I'm not a hundred percent convinced. So I guess I kind oh, of well, that was that's all I got for this week. But that <laughs> was what the fuck is happening. I think that's a fun little thing we can keep doing. I like it, man. I like it. And uh, before we before we get to uh, bye bye bye, I've got a little proposition. Oh for boy. You. Well, you know, we, we've talked about a guy on my team who who has the ability to go off. We've talked about a guy on your team who's shown shown, shown some flashes in the pan. I've got a trade oh. offer for you. On Let's the hear air. it. And I hope you're I hope you're not gonna embarrass me like when a guy proposes on the <laughs> discam. So what I've got for you is Patrick right. from your team and a ninth round pick. For Gusecki from my team and the seventh round pick. Well, you know, uh, man, <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping a little pressure. No, it's not going to help you because I, I, Gusecki is. I get uh, the talent, but even now they're changing quarterbacks, so I don't even know what the, I got to see him play with Tua before I can trade for him. Um, but I will watch closely on Sunday or when they get back off their bye. Hmm. Yeah, no, kiss Cam, and that. everybody's like, all the everybody's <laughs> laughing under their breath. Oh God, she said no. He proposed. He said no. Yeah, I'm sorry. Oh yeah. Now the mask. Now the mascot's gone. I'll buy you a beer and a cut. Feel better and (laughs) oh, good. We're just friends. We're here as friends. That's good. Okay. Well, really quickly, uh, really quickly before we head out, just make sure you're checking your lineups. Of course, we never know exactly who's going to be on by because that's the fun of 2020. But uh, if all things go to schedule, it's the Vikings on by. So you've got Jefferson Thielen, Madison Cook. I wouldn't worry too much about Kirk Cousins. 
Uh, we got the Dolphins on by Gaskin. Uh, oh, I wrote Fitzpatrick, but it's Tua. And uh, Devontae Parker, Preston Williams, my boy Gusecki. The Colts are on by uh, Taylor, Burton, Rivers. That's probably about it. And, of course, the powerhouse Ravens, Lamar, Hollywood Brown, Andrews, and any and all of the running backs and defensive players. So if you've got those guys, make sure you fill your lineup. Tim. That's right, Timothy. And, uh, yeah, if you – Good we, Like Lord. we said, we had to call in from Whammer. If you guys want to do that, you can uh, – We'll, we'll put out a message to, with the link on how to do that. And if you have any questions, email us at fantasyfalconfootball at gmail.com. Until then, get your Falcon waiver bids in. Set your Falcon lineups.